You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And praise the Lord for that. All right, if that doesn't bless your blesser, your blesser's broke. And so what a blessing. Thank you for that. All right, keep your Bibles out. We are going to look at these verses and break some things down tonight. A uh, very familiar passage. If you've been in church for very long, these are, these are verses that you have heard preached and taught uh, many, th- uh, many times. But in this passage, we can find the overall purpose that we have as individual believers, as well as collectively as a church body. And so these, these verses are very important because it's dealing with our purpose individually uh, as well as our, our purpose uh, collectively. And so this, this purpose, however, will be unrealized without several complementing and consenting individuals. You know, the purpose that God has for Bible Baptist Church can only be fulfilled if the members of Bible Baptist Church follow these guidelines. And it's not that a small percentage follow it. Here what we find is the church is to be growing. Amen. All right? If you... If you have a child and the child does not grow, there is a problem. We recognize there's a problem. Doctors are involved. Uh, we start trying to figure out what the, what the cause is of, uh, of the scenario and uh, the, the, the fail to thrive. Uh, is, is a, it's a real thing. But the reality is there are churches that are in fail to thrive situations. And it's not because of the culture. It's not because of COVID. Look at that. Those just, they just came in. What's the other C? I need another C. Not because of the country. All right. The circumstances. There we go. We're starting to, we're starting to click now. Uh, And so, uh, you know, we, we can blame it on something else. But if Bible Baptist Church is not going to grow, it's nobody's fault but ours. Just just stop, and this wasn't part of my message, but just stop and think about what Mrs. Cole just said. There there was a time when we were going through 5,000 tracks about every other month. That's not the case. COVID was the was what stopped that because passing things out and passing germs and all of that became a real big deal. But we're not there anymore. And how are people going to know about our Lord if we don't tell them? How are, how are people going to know about our wonderful church? We have a wonderful church. But how are people going to know about it if we don't tell them? If we don't invite them? 
And so here it takes, uh, it takes people uh, being involved here. And so in this passage, uh, we, see, we see several uh, groups. We see the pastors, uh, the preachers, if you would, that are mentioned here. Uh, let's look at it. He said in verse number 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So here you have the preachers that are involved. And then you see the people because these pastors, these preachers are to be ministering to people. And so then we have the people. These are the people uh, that are ministered to. These are people who minister as well. Uh, we have uh, the minister and the ministered. We have the pulpit. We have the pew. And God always does his part. Right? So if there is a failure, it's on our part. It's not on God's part. And when there is a lack, it's always on us. So we're going to break down this passage tonight, and I pray that it would be revealing. I pray that it would be revitalizing. I pray that we would be stirred, and that our hearts would be revived, that we would truly sense the opportunities that God does give to us. And we are, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if we are in the last days, and I believe that we are, uh, the Bible tells us that we are in the last days. Now, how long that period of last days is going to last, we do not know. But we do know that we are in the category of time called the last days. And since we are in that time, we've got to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to win this world to Christ. We've got to reach those that are around us. And so we're going to break this down. Uh, look again, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 14. He said that we henceforth be no more, what? Children. Tossed to and fro. From that little phrase, tossed to and fro tonight, I'm going to speak to you on the subject, up for grabs. Up for grabs. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us this evening. And Lord, we're here because we want to hear from you. Lord, we do love you. We want to serve you. And, and Lord, I pray that you would help all of us, uh, myself included, to be uh, challenged and revived. And, and Lord, uh, stir my heart to do uh, more for you and to keep your focus in mind in my life. And uh, maybe that, may that be the case with each person here and those that are watching online. Uh, Lord, all of us have opportunities, and they're not all the same, uh, but we all have opportunities, and I pray that you would help us uh, to serve you. So bless now in this time. May Bible Baptist Church be helped uh, because we're here tonight. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. So up for grabs. He said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. I was going to grab one of my stuffed animals, and I was going to bring it here tonight, uh, and I failed to do so. And uh, I've got a stuffed animal. His name is Dog, and uh, it's a stuffed dog. Uh, and he's about this big, and Dog is missing an ear. Uh, it's gone, and uh, this, this animal, I, I had this stuffed animal probably since I was about four, uh, and uh, my brother uh, would oftentimes grab my, my dog and uh, he would pull it away from me. And uh, I think in one of those instances, 
uh, the ear got ripped off and it got sewed back on and it got ripped back off again and uh, now dog's ear is gone. Uh, never to be found again, sort of like Eeyore's tail. Uh, and so, uh, but anyway, uh, dog. And, and you know what we find is sometimes uh, kids will play keep away. Hey, parents, have you ever played keep away from your child? I did. I always enjoyed it. You'd grab something that they want, and uh, maybe it was to, my wife would, if I couldn't play keep away with her because she was too nice, and if I'd throw something to her, she'd just give it to him. Uh, so I'd have to find a friend or bro, my brother or somebody, and we'd, we'd play keep away, uh, and they're sort of running back and forth trying to get something, and uh, the object was, it was nothing of consequence. If they happened to catch it, no big deal. It was all in fun. But, you know, the Bible talks about that people that are not mature in their faith are just tossed to and fro. No, no real plan. No real purpose. Well, if it works out, I'll do it. If it doesn't, no big deal. You know, there were people this morning, not you, of course, but there were people that had thought about coming to church this morning, but didn't. Something else came up. There are people that want to go soul winning, but something else comes up. And there's no real purpose. And when there is no real purpose, what we find is it's just all up for grabs. It's just up for grabs. Whatever works with the day. You know what? We, we aren't to live that way. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine uh, starting a business and saying, well, you know, I feel like doing something today. I don't feel like doing anything tomorrow. How, how good do you think that, that that business would do? It wouldn't do well at all. Can you imagine going into a first day of work, brand new job? Well, I think I'm going to take tomorrow off. One of the guys I went to college with, uh, his his first day of work, he was... He was from Tennessee. This isn't a slam on everybody from Tennessee, but he was a southern boy. And uh, his first day of week is, uh, he was asking, how many days do I get off for Thanksgiving for hunting? You know, he didn't last at the job, and he didn't last at college, and he didn't ever get into the ministry. You know, if everything is just no purpose, it impacts our life. Parents, your children, they, they shouldn't be up for grabs. We have got to be purposeful in rearing our children. We've got to be purposeful in everything that we do. It shouldn't just be up for grabs. 
and we, don't, we find that, uh, that it should not be that way. Uh, children are tossed to and fro. Children are the ones that don't have those, uh, that focus. They don't have that, uh, that uh, solidness. They don't have that foundation. And it's, it's the adults, it's the mature ones that are supposed to, to establish them and teach them and help them so they are not uh, 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 they are not vacillating back and forth. They are not uh, unstable. Uh, they are. We want to make sure that they have that foundation. And uh, spiritually speaking, we are to be stable. We're not to be tossed to and fro. We're not to be in and out. Men, we we are to be. Do we be stable in our faith? And here he said that we be no more children. Uh, that uh, With that, he is saying, don't be a child tossed to and fro. We are to be mature. We are to grow up. That we be not tossed to and fro. Uh, tossed uh, back and forth. And uh, the Christian life is not to be that way. Uh, we, we, are, we, are, we are not playing a game in our faith. For keeps. You know, we will all stand before the Lord. And I'm not saying that that we should be fearful to stand before Him because uh, He is an angry God. No, we, we, should, we should be looking forward to the day that we see Him. But at the same time, we should realize since there is, after all He has done for us, we should want to serve Him. We should desire to please Him. We should desire to bring glory to Him. And that won't be done on accident. It will only be done on purpose. And so it's not a game. It is important. Eternity is at stake. The souls of men and women, of boys and girls, uh, it's at stake. And, it, and it's not just this uh, up for grabs. Uh, today I'm going to serve. T- uh, tomorrow I'm not. in. I'm in church. I'm out of church. I'm faithful. I'm not. Uh, back and forth. That is a sign of immaturity. And that's not where we're supposed to be. We are, we are to come and we are to be built up. Up to be strengthened, and we're going to look look at that. Uh, so uh, those uh, we should we should be stable and mature, faithful. We should be the teachers of those that are immature, those that are uh, children coming up, those that are uh, just getting saved and uh, coming into the church and learning the faith, the faith, and it's all new. And so uh, it shouldn't be up for grabs. Doctrine should not be up for grabs. Shouldn't be up for grabs. Faithfulness should not be up for grabs. Now, life changes. Health situations change. But we should be as faithful as we can be. If we were as faithful to God as we are to our job, how would we be doing? It's amazing. 
People that are too sick for church, they're not too sick for church or for work on Monday morning. Right? Now, sometimes you get sick and then you're feeling better? Absolutely. But I've been at this a long time. It's amazing the kids that were too sick for church, they weren't too sick for school on Monday. School's important. And it is, but it's not as important as church. Amen. I'm not saying choose one or the other. We have a Christian school. I am for education. But education should not be raised above our faith. You know what? There are a lot of people that are in life. We, we, we have had people that have owned their own business, could not read, that have been members of our church. You had no idea. Successful, pay their bills, do the job, but could not read. You would never have known that, but they're faithful and faithful to the Lord. You know, you can be faithful and survive without all of the extra academics. Amen. You see, there is, a, there is something we get, we get sort of out of sorts. Our priorities get out of, out of whack, and all of a sudden, well, I can't miss Monday because, man, it's my job. It's important. Let me tell you, one day we're going to stand before the Lord. That's important. It's important. And us standing before the Lord is going to matter a whole lot more than us standing before a boss. And so, uh, doctrine is not up for grabs. Faithfulness should not be up for grabs. Our service shouldn't be up for grabs. We as a Christian, we ought to, we ought to have a place to serve our Savior. Amen. Uh, holiness and sanctification, they shouldn't be up for grabs. Uh, we, we are not to be like this world. So, uh, Ephesians 4.14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, the cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. You know what? There are a lot of people that are deceived by people who know truth. And they, by their life, they show what is valuable and what is not valuable. You know, those of you that have been saved any period of time, you have a lot greater responsibility on you than you can imagine. That new Christian that gets saved and makes a connection with you, and then they start learning about Sunday night church or Wednesday night church or all of a sudden they, they show up, but you're not here. 
They're, they're looking at you for what the Christian life is. And they're trying to establish where, what, is, what is the Christian life supposed to be like. Well, you know, we had, we had uh, Super Bowl Sunday, so we stayed home. Now, Super Bowl Sunday's coming. Uh, we've got a plan for it, but regardless, it's amazing all the things that happen in life that we, we, we send a message, we're tossed to and fro. Uh, go, go back to Acts chapter 17. Hold your place here in Ephesians, Acts chapter 17. And we've got, you've got to hurry up. I've got a lot of message here. Uh, and I'm not even partway through. Uh, but uh, Acts chapter 17, let's look here. Uh, we see some people tossed to and fro. Acts 17, verse number 18, read down through verse 21. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, what will this babbler say? Others, some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Oropagus, saying, may, may we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but to either tell or to hear some new thing. And you know what? We shouldn't be tossed to and fro by some new thing. Uh, there is no new thing. There is nothing new under the sun. Uh, and you know what? The book has been written. Uh, the Bible, God has given us the Bible. Uh, we don't need to find something new, and we shouldn't, get, we shouldn't get bored with something old. This book is alive. Uh, the, the truths that are here, they just keep opening up, and it's amazing how you can read a passage and study a passage out and then later come back and find something completely uh, deeper uh, with that passage, and God opens things up. Uh, but the Bible, uh, someone has made the acrostic basic instruction before leaving earth, and that's the Bible. It is our instruction manual, uh, and there is nothing new uh, under the sun. And there are, there are new types of challenges that we face with our culture of the day. There may be new modes of ministry, uh, but the mission has not changed. The message has not changed. And we've got to stay busy about that. We can't, uh, we can't be tossed to and fro. The book is the same. Uh, and the truth, that mission hasn't changed. The message has not changed. So let's look at this passage again. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and we're going to break the, these verses uh, down here together. Ephesians chapter 4, 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, the word apostle there, the word literally means envoy. It is a representative uh, for Christ. They are envoys of Christ. They were called and commissioned uh, by the Savior. Uh, the apostle Paul was an apostle out of due time. Uh, he was, but he was still called by the Lord Jesus Christ. On the road to Damascus, uh, he met the Lord uh, there, uh, and he was called. So the apostles had to be called 
called by Christ. They had to have been taught by Christ. Uh, the Bible tells us that he went to, uh, to Arabia and was taught by the Lord. Uh, he was there for three years, Paul. Uh, but the other apostles, they were there. They were taught by Christ. Uh, and then the Bible says that uh, we see that they were all, all of the apostles, they saw the resurrected Savior. There are no apostles now. Uh, just recently, I was talking to somebody, and they're they saying, apostles, so-and-so. There are no apostles. Now, somebody may get a title of that, uh, but the reality is uh, that, that ministry, uh, that calling, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, title was a title that was given to a select group of people, and there are no more apostles uh, at this time. Then we see there, there were prophets. Uh, the prophets were the mouthpieces for the Lord in the Old Testament. Uh, they were foretellers. Uh, they were the, the messengers that God used to, to communicate his word uh, to his people and uh, to the, the world at that time. And so uh, these Old Testament prophets, they were speaking uh, for God to man. And there are no more prophets. The prophecy has been closed. It's been closed. There are no more prophets. Uh, the book has been completed. And so then we see the evangelist. Uh, and the evangelists, they were the proclaimer of glad tidings. They were messengers. Uh, they, would be, they would fit the missionary uh, title, uh, if you would, the, the ones that would go and, uh, and uh, uh, proclaim glad tidings. We have evangelists. They come in. They'll preach a, a series of uh, sermons and travel the nation. Uh, but primarily, when you look at the missionaries in the Scripture, the evangelists in the Scripture, Philip the evangelist, you, you see they would go to uh, lands and they would just communicate the gospel. Uh, then we have pastors and teachers. Uh, and the pastor and teacher, the pastor has to be both that, a pastor and a teacher. Uh, so uh, the word there, pastor, uh, is the word poimen. Uh, and it literally means shepherd, uh, Christian leader. Uh, the word didaskalos is the word teacher. And so uh, those are the two words there that are used, and they, and, and they classify the, uh, the office of the pastor. There's also uh, the word bishop or episkopos, and it's the word overseer or ruler, and, uh, and that's who the pastor is. But uh, right now, uh, we have pastors and teachers. We have evangelists. We don't have any prophets. We don't have any apostles, but those are there. They have been given. God is the one who calls and equips and empowers individuals in these offices. Uh, and the purpose there uh, is that we see uh, he gives these individuals, uh, first of all, we see the preacher. Secondly, I want you to see the people. The people, look at verse 12. He says, for the perfecting of the saints. So the apostles, the prophets, the pastors and teachers, they were given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so uh, these, these people uh, were the ones, these, these saints, uh, they were the ones that the, the, the Lord had given uh, these offices uh, of, of uh, ministers, uh, pastors, preachers, if you would, uh, to, to communicate to the people. 
uh, and uh, these are believers. So he is speaking to the church. The context tells us that the expectations on these people uh, that, that, that was referring to a saved group of people. So he's talking about the church, the members of the body. So you have the, the preachers, then you have the people, but then I want you to see the purpose. The purpose. And the purpose is for the perfecting of the saints. The perfecting. Now, the word perfecting there is the, the Greek word kartismos, and it means to complete, to mature, to bring to completion. Fit for some purpose. You know what? God has made you for a purpose. He's made you for a purpose. You know what? God has put me in your life to help you fulfill that purpose. To help complete you so you can fit that purpose. So you can fill that purpose. That's why he gave the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophets, the apostles. Uh, why, why do we have the word of God? Because he has given all of them. And the purpose was for the for the perfecting of the saints, the maturing, the completing of the saints. You and I, and, and that goes to us as well as preachers, uh, we are not complete. We are not done. God's not done with us either. But, but he has given the pastors, the preachers, uh, for the purpose of helping the church, the believers, to be matured so they can fulfill, they can fit that purpose that God has created them for. So for the perfecting of the saints. So that's talking about the believers there. Uh, the perfecting. He says, for the work of the ministry. Don't turn me off. The work of the ministry is not mine. go back to Acts chapter 6, do you know what we find? We find that the pastor was to give himself to prayer and to study of the word. Do you know what the work of the ministry is to be done by? The people. Don't get quiet. That's, that's what God said. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't work. I'm going to work. I'm going to do things. But the reality is, we've, we've got to make sure that our, our responsibility for the work of the ministry cannot be relegated to somebody else. There is a job that God has for you. And my job is to help complete you so you can fulfill that work of the ministry. Amen. You know what the word work is? It's, it's the word ergon, and it means duty. The definition of this word in the Greek is work that a person is obliged to perform for a moral or legal 
reason. There's an obligation that we have as believers to the ministry. Now, have you ever done a job because you were obliged to do it, obligated to do it? That's miserable. You know, we shouldn't be serving the Lord out of duty. But we should know that we have a duty. You know, you should take care of your family. It is an obligation, but you shouldn't be doing it just because it's your obligation. I shouldn't look at my wife and say, honey, I love you because God said I have to love you. I'm obligated to love you. Now, that would be miserable. And I probably would not survive the night. But we are to be perfected. And the perfecting is the completing of us and, and what God has given us to perform in the ministry, in the body of Christ, and here, uh, he says, uh, so perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, the word ministry, diaconia, uh, diaconia, and it is work or service that benefits another. You know what? The work of the ministry is the ministering to this world. It's not about us. You know what, there are a lot of churches who cease to be churches because they cease to reach out and they only try to fulfill the needs of the people that are there. And when all of a sudden our focus is inward and just care about us four and no more, we are on, on a doomsday track. You see, we're not to be, we're not to be, we're not building an empire for ourselves. This is, this place is a, it, it is a, a place to be able to reach other people. The ministry here, it's a ministry to reach other people. The buses, the buildings, the outreach, the uh, opportunities we have. It, it is about reaching others with the gospel. And that's where the ministry, it's a work or service that benefits another. Uh, and in context, of course, this is talking about uh, the ministry of the church, the mission of the church. It says, of the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, there is not one body of Christ right now. There's individual bodies, local bodies. When we, when, we look at, when we look at the body of Christ, we look at the, the church, and that the church is, is, is identified as a body. Corinthians tells us that. Uh, and so when we look at the body of Christ, we look at the church. Uh, there is not one church yet. 
there will be a day when all believers will uh, be caught up together. We will be with the Lord, and there will be one assembly. But until then, there are individual churches, assemblies, uh, bodies, and every church, every body uh, has different members, uh, and every member, uh, they supply a different need of that individual body. And so the edifying of the body, uh, uh, it is to build up, to bring closer to completion. So the pastors, the preachers, the people together uh, equal that church and the preaching, the teaching is to be done to edify, to build us up, to get us closer to completion, uh, to fulfilling uh, the completing of the believer, uh, to become what they were to be. Uh, and you know what? There is no satisfaction in an unfinished project. You know what? While we are building this building over here, I couldn't wait till grand opening. I couldn't wait. There were many times along the way I wanted to quit. <laughs> but the reality is there's no there is no fulfillment in an unfinished project. If that building would have right now still was with no no roof on it, and no finishes on the inside. Just the, remember the remember just the wood. Didn't it seem like it was in that state forever? It might not have seemed like that for you, but it seemed like that for me. And there was no fulfill. If it would have stayed that way, there'd be no fulfillment. But you know what? Every time I walk across, I see that building, and I'm just like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a, what a blessing. The sacrifice, the labor, all that went in, you pull in the parking lot, you sacrificed, you gave, you labored. You know what? There's fulfillment there. You know what? God is building us. How are we doing? Are we growing? Are we stagnant? Have we slid back? There's a term for that. We like we don't like to use it towards ourselves. It's called backsliding. If we are not where we were, we have slid back. It's backslidden. God corrected his people over and over and over again for their backsliding. And so what is it? We are to be built up. We are to be growing uh, in our faith. And uh, so it shouldn't just be up for grabs. He says, till, verse 13, we all come in the unity of the faith. You know what? It's not good enough for some of us to come to the unity of the faith. Till we all come. You know, we all, we all need to get there together. We all need to be growing together. Uh, from the kids, the teenagers, all of us need to be growing together. It shouldn't be just some uh, that are coming into the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, uh, unto a mature believer is what he's saying, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
And all that's telling us is we've got a long way to go. Brother Franklin, can you stand over here, please? And Brother Franklin is going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Nate, how about you come? Uh, who else should we get? Uh, <laughs> uh, and so Brother Nate is going to be the believer. And you know what? He can, he can be in this life. And you know what? Stephen, how about you come up? And Brother Brian, how about you come up? No, you guys are over here. You guys are over here. You know, we could all be right here and be happy in our faith. And you know what? Brother Nate might grow a little bit more. And he gets right here and he can turn around and look back at us. And I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm not like Brother Brian. I've grown more than he has grown. I'm doing more than he is doing. I'm doing more than Brother Stephen's doing. I'm okay. This is not our measuring stick. The Lord Jesus Christ, not Brother Franklin. The Lord is the measuring stick. And God's, God's plan is till we all come. You know what? We're not going to all come unless those that have grown... Grab somebody. Bring some people with us. There's a plan. God has a plan. And in the body, he plans for us to help bring people to be more like him. The goal isn't to get people to be more like me. The goal is to get people to be more like Christ. And as we are getting people more like, as we are becoming more like Christ and bringing people that direction, what we find is, we are being completed because this is the one that we are to be like. But too often, all we do is turn around and look at those that are behind us and feel like, eh, I'm okay. I'm content. It's good enough. You know, I, those guys are just a little bit too fanatical. Have we heard that? I mean, they go to church, what? How many times a week? And those guys are always down there. Don't you have a life? <laughs> yes, we do. And we have a life that is going to matter. You see, it is for the unity of the knowledge. So as we are growing, we've got to be bringing people. It's, it's till we all come. And God's plan is for all of us to be a part of that. You are a part of it whether you like it or not. And you may be one that is, go ahead, go that way. Holding somebody back. We could be somebody that instead of helping push, we're holding people back. 
You know, we, we have got to realize, thank you guys, we've got to realize the great opportunity till we all come in unity and the knowledge of the Son of God. What is that? That maturity, that perfect man, that measure who is Christ, that measure is not only uh, Christ, but also there is a measure that he, he points out. Go to verse number 16. He said, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which, what's that next word? Every joint supplies. Every part of the body. You know, we've got people in here that have arthritis. For the jewel, he has, what's that you have in your foot feet? Um, what is it? No, not the neuropathy. Uh, gout. And, you know, that gout hits him, all of a sudden he can't work, he can't walk, I mean, he can't move, uh, just so much pain uh, in the joints. You know what, you and I, we are a part of the body. And, and here uh, he says that by that which every joint supplieth, that is lending to. That is helping to. We are, every one of us are to help the body move more efficiently. Amen. You know, there's people that have arthritis. And those joints don't move. All, what happens? Your body can't move like it once did without that, that pain, that struggle. You know what? Churches are struggling because joints aren't supplying. They're not fulfilling the plan. Let's keep looking here. According to the effectual working in the measure of how many parts? Every part. Every part. Every part. He's still talking about the body. It's not some parts. It's not 20% of so many churches, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I, I don't believe we are in that state, but the, that, is, that is a common statistic that is used. Uh, but it shouldn't be 20%. And it shouldn't be 50%. It should be every part. Every part of the body, uh, and what, what is it? Every part maketh increase of the body. Every part maketh increase of the body. And look what happens here. Unto the edifying of itself in love. You know what? Right here, we are to be edifying one another as we are fulfilling what God has called all of us to do, as we are serving in our area of service, as we are using what God has given us to the furtherance of the ministry, the edification of the body. You know what happens? The body starts edifying itself in love, not in obligation. In love. You see, the Christian life, it's not up for grabs. It's not, well, you know, this week I will, next week who knows. In, out, 
You know, we've, we've got to realize that we have an opportunity that God has given us. And in that opportunity, we need to fulfill it. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Don't you want to be used? Absolutely. And in that, what we find is we are helped. The whole body wins. We win. In the fulfilling of God's plan, how do you lose? How do you lose? You can't. And so here, uh, in the Christian life, we, we just need to realize uh, that we are to be a part here. He said, working under the measure of every part, making increase of the body. The word increase, oxesis, it is literally growth increase. The process of becoming larger, longer, more numerous, or important. You know what? God's plan is not for the church to shrink. God's plan is for the church to grow. Amen. And that will be the case as every member works together. As every joint supplies, as every part, we are to, to fulfill God's plan. None of this is premised by chance. There's a divine purpose. God has a divine purpose for all of us. Up for grabs. We see the preachers, we see the people, and we see the purpose. And with that, it's a, it is not a game of keep away. It's not a game of chance. There's a, peop, a purpose, there's a plan, and there's a people to fulfill that plan. And that's us, corporately, collectively, all of us included. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you uh, for your word and uh, Lord, we have assembled because we want to uh, to fulfill your plan. We want to grow in our faith. And now I pray that uh, the teaching, preaching, the edification, I pray that each and every one of us will grab a hold of some of these truths and uh, recognize where we are at. May the Spirit of God uh, just uh, reveal some things to us and help us as a church, Lord, to truly uh, be working together uh, for the the common purpose of fulfilling uh, the minute mission that you have given us. And so I pray that you'd help us tonight. Speak to hearts as only you can. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Let's stand together uh, as the instruments play. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, you respond. Up for grabs. Up for grabs. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.